truth. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for being in the midst of us on tonight. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for opening up the word, enlightening us, letting their light come from the word on tonight. And Father, I thank you that I have been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, is everybody finished with their test? Okay, if you finish with your test, do everybody have their test in their hands? Do everybody have their test? Okay, here you go. What we want to do with the, um, I'll let you know what I want you to do with the test. Did you have yours, Brother Hayes? Everybody got, you didn't get a chance to take it? Okay. Brother Willie, you got your test? Okay. Was he in the door, Sister Nice? Okay. Teresa, did you see Brother Willie's? Okay. Okay, we'll. And Brother Hayes, you want to take yours now? I'll have him to bring. Can you bring, give Brother Hayes that test right there? And while Brother Hayes is taking his test, um, I'm going to go over um, the last parts of um, what do the congregation supposed to do. So what are the duties of the congregation? Or what do they do when they come together? And I'm going to start here with number seven, because I think we had, um, I ain't going to give you the number because Brother Hayes is still taking his test. So we're going to start from here um, with Galatians 1, verse 6 through verse 7. And this is another thing that the congregation is supposed to do. In Galatians 1, 6 through verse 7, it says, this is Paul talking to the Galatians. I'm reading out the expanded. I'm amazed that you are so quickly turning away from, deserting, forsaking God, the one who called you by his grace, given through Christ, the grace of Christ, and are believing something different than the good news, a different gospel. Really, there is no other good news, which is not another, but some people are confessing, troubling, disturbing you. They want to change, distort the good news, the gospel of Christ. So what Paul was telling them was that it was people that was coming in like false teachers um, coming in and trying to change the gospel. And one thing that the congregation is supposed to do is protect the gospel, protect the good news. And how you protect it is when you're in the midst of people and they're taken away from it or adding to it, you want to bring truth to the midst of those people. So we as um, believers, we as saints... We don't want the gospel to be tapered with, tampered with. So we want to bring um, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We want to lay that same foundation that we were taught. So we're supposed to protect the gospel. We don't supposed to just sit around and let people tell people that there's another gospel because it's only one gospel. It's only um, the good news concerning the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, when we sit amongst people and we know 
that this is what they're doing. We're supposed to protect it. We're supposed to stand up for what we believe. We do not supposed to leave people in error. We're supposed to bring truth. When we see the spirit of error, we're supposed to counteract that with the spirit of truth with what you have been taught. So we're supposed to protect the gospel. That's coming out of Galatians 1, 6 through 7. This is why Paul was getting on them and telling them how, you know, they were coming in and they were believing something except what they were being taught. The next thing is um, submit to the pastor. The congregation is supposed to submit to the pastor. That's coming out of Hebrews 13, verse 17. Hebrews 13, verse 17. And in the King James it reads, Obey them that have the rule over you, and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they must give an account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. So it says, Obey them that have the rule over you. God has put them in authority. That authority comes from God. So when you have a pastor, that pastor has rule over you, and you're supposed to obey that pastor. And we know we don't want to obey anybody outside of the word of God. But you're supposed to be able to trust your pastor. You're supposed to be able to trust the one that God has put over you to know that that person will not lead you wrong. When you obey them, you are submitting in them. If you don't submit to them, you're not submitting to God. This is why the church has so much division because when the pastor says something, it's always somebody in the congregation to say, no, that we shouldn't do it that way. No, this is the way we should. It said obey the ones that have rule over you. Submit to those that are in authority. When you know that God has placed them there, he has put them in authority, you're supposed to obey them. You don't supposed to be coming against them. You don't supposed to come at them with every other word, what you think or how it need to be done. We do what the word of God tell us to do. Sometimes you may not understand the pastor, which way the pastor is going. And that's because when you're not in the spirit and you're in the flesh, you're not going to understand spiritual things. So this is why we must humble ourselves. We must submit ourselves up under what? The mighty hand of God, and then we will be exalted in due season. So what we don't understand, we need to pray over it. And if that pastor or that leader is wrong, then you need to go to them according to the word of God and not go through the congregation causing division amongst the congregation or amongst the saints. What you don't understand, you ask. Amen. So that's another thing. We, we protect the gospel according to Galatians 1, 6 through 7. We submit to the pastor according to Hebrews 13, verse 17. I'm going to go back to protecting the gospel because I'm reminded of this. When Jesus um, was amongst the Pharisees and the Pharisees were taking um, rules and they were making up their own laws. And that's why I say the traditions of men make the word of God in none effect because they were adding to the law. And they didn't supposed to be adding to the law. And Jesus was standing up for what was right, what he believed. And he was shutting those Pharisees down because they was leading people into error. And that's what we're supposed to do. Let's look at another one. Another thing that we're supposed to do is love one another. Love one another. Look at John 13, verse 35. But I'm going to read verse um, 34 and 35. John 13 verse 34 and 35 and it reads 
A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. So Jesus is saying he want us to love one another as I have loved you. That's the key. When you know how much God loves you, you won't have a problem loving somebody else. You won't have a problem treating them the way you want to be treated because you know the love of the Father. The love of the Father is the key to everything when it comes to the word of God. I'm going to read it again. He said, new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. So when we experience his love, we can give love to other people. But when we have not experienced his love, then we're going to walk in hate. We're going to walk in um, gossiping. We're going to walk in jealousy. We're going to walk in all of these things against one another when we're supposed to be coming together um, in unity. And then 35 says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples, disciples if you love one another. So people are going to know that we are followers of Christ because we're showing the love of God. And we show the love of God to each other, especially in times of turmoil, in times of persecution, in times of being hated, in times of being accused, falsely accused. We still show love outside of how people treat us. And that's when they'll say, you're a Christian because you turn the other cheek. You don't try to, um, you know, get somebody back because they've done something to you or you don't try to... um, you know, talk about somebody because they talked about you, or we don't wait for somebody downfall. They will know that we are his disciples because we love one another. That is the key. You do not have to tell somebody that you are a follower of Christ because if they see you loving people outside of what's going on or what's being said, they're going to know that you're a follower of Jesus Christ. So the next one is evangelize the lost. And And this is what all of us are supposed to be doing, evangelizing the lost. This is in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 is talking about evangelizing the lost. And we're familiar with this. Then Jesus came to them and said, All power, authority in heaven and on earth is, has been given to me. So go make followers, disciples of all people in the world, the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything that I have taught, commanded you, and I will be with you always, even unto the end of this age, the world time. So look what Jesus was telling them. After Jesus had taught them, after they had walked with Jesus, they were followers of him. They were his disciples. This is what Jesus said. He said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go make disciples. I want you to teach them everything that I have taught you. So this is what we're supposed to be doing as a congregation. The things that we're learning in here, we're supposed to go out and we're supposed to teach others what we're learning. We're supposed to be making disciples. And first I said protecting the gospel, Galatians 1, 6 through 7. Submit to the pastor, Hebrews 13, 17. Love one another, John 13, 34 through 35. And evangelize the lost, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. This is what the congregation supposed to be doing. And if you look around or some of the things that you have heard, most of the congregation is running the church. They're trying to tell the pastor what to do. They're trying to tell the pastor what to preach. They're trying to tell the pastor everything except what they should be doing. And if we follow these principles according to the word of God, then we won't have so much division in church. 
Now, I will go over this, too, um, dealing with voting within the church. When I went through the word of God, you know how people say that the congregation should have a right to vote. They should have a right to vote. And in some instances, the congregation should. It was an incident in the word of God in Acts chapter 6. They got the congregation involved, and I'm going to tell you why. In Acts chapter 6, they needed someone to wait on the widows because the widows was being neglected. And as y'all know, the apostles told them to choose amongst them. All of them was disciples. All of them were followers of Jesus Christ. They were learners of Jesus Christ. They were taught the same thing. So he said, I want y'all to choose amongst y'all. And he gave them the criteria of how they need to choose. Now understand this. They had a right to choose because all of them was full of the Holy Spirit. All of them was of the same faith. All of them got taught the same thing. They, they were sitting right up under those apostles. So those apostles knew who was amongst them. You need to know who amongst you before you get somebody to voice something. So that's when they told them to choose those um, ones that um, they need to choose to wait on the widows, which were the deacons. Once they chose them, guess what? They still had to go to those apostles. So that's somewhere in the scripture where the congregation or disciples or the followers did come together and they chose people that were amongst them. Everybody was on one accord. Everybody believed the same thing. So in today's churches, most of them, the majority of them, they get people that is a mixed multitude. And what I mean mixed multitude, they show up every now and then. They party hardy. And then they come in and try to say who need to be in here and who don't. And it's based on carnality instead of based on the spirit. They're not taught um, dealing with uh, the spirit. They're not taught the way, uh, the way God would do things. They're taught the way men would do things or where a man would do things. So we want to be careful with that. So everything that I went over, and um, I'm going to pull some more out, but I'm going to tell you this. There's not anything else. In the word of God that tells you that the congregation is supposed to vote for a pastor. There's not anything in the word of God that says that the congregation is supposed to kick the pastor out of the church. It's not in there. And if anybody find it, you let me know. So you tell me where did that come from? That come through man. It did not come through the word of God. God is the one that chooses who he wants to be the pastor. He's the one that tells whoever that he want them to be that and the people put them in place. You know, the elders or the apostles, we went, we went through all of that through the word. So we don't want to go outside of the word. We have people voting people in, voting people out. If they don't like what the pastor say, it's time to get rid of the pastor. I ain't never heard of such foolishness, foolishness in my life. If the pastor is spending more time with this one, helping this one, and ain't spending time with that one, now they're trying to find something on the pastor. So as long as that pastor is lining up with what the congregation wants, then they can stay in the church. But if they're not lining up with the congregations, or if they're not doing what the deacons say, and if you go through the word, a deacon does not supposed to be over a pastor. So a deacon do not have a right to say, get rid of that pastor. No. So... Um, we'll go over some more um, next week, but that's it for the congregation itself. I'm going to go right back over um, the congregation have a right to vote. It's a few more things, and then we'll close that out and we'll move forward. 
So everybody got their test. Everybody got it, right? We good? You good, Brother Hayes? Okay, this is what we're going to do tonight. I'm going to have, since you have your test, and we don't went over everything except these last four, I need for people to start coming up and talking about what their answers are on the test. About what you put down on that test. I need for you to call out the questions and go over your answers. Number one, definition of a congregation. I put gathering of believers who come together to share the same faith and belong to the same church, or it could be someone that is not a member, they are saved and believe the same as you do. Number two, scripture are not forsaken the assembly of ourselves together, Hebrews 10.25. Number three, name six things the congregation do when coming together. I put praise and worship, thanksgiving, that comes out of Psalms 100, verse 4, into his gates with praise and worship. Number two, I put Galatians 6, 6. Uh, number three, uh, communion, Matthew 6, why, 20. Why was that Galatians 6, 6 for number two? Because they, um, they were um, set to be uh, taught. Okay. Uh, communion, Matthew 26, 26, reminding us about his death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, number four, receiving new members, Acts 2, 4 to 7. As the word was taught, they were added to the church. Number five, handling disagreements, Matthew 18. If you have an all against your brother, go to that person. And if you receive it, all is well. But if you don't receive it, you take two or three with you. And if you don't receive it, you go to the church. And then if you don't receive the church, he can sit as a Gentile, as a sinner. Number six, applying the needs for the church, Acts 4.32. They came together and saw what they had. They did not look at it as their own. Okay, next. And you can turn your paper over right there. I didn't put down the scripture, but I didn't Okay. You didn't, did you? Not really, but you could have put them down. Uh, I got definition of the congregation. I put a group of people coming together and sharing their faith. Number two, uh, scripture for forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. I put Hebrew, Hebrews 10.25. And then the, uh, the six things uh, that the con- congregation do when they come together. I put uh, communion, being thankful of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection which is Matthew uh, 26, 26. And then I put, uh, second thing is to receive and to welcome new members. And that is, I think it was Acts 2, 42, I think. Number three is, uh, I put to, uh, to handle a conflict in the church. And that was, that was, I think that was Matthew's, Matthew eighteen fifteen. You got it. I think it was. Um, and the fourth one was to uh, to be shared, to be taught the word and share 
to be taught the word and share with others. Uh, that is uh, Galatians um, 6 6. And number five was uh, to give thanks and exalt and praise him for all that he has done. Uh, that was. I'm going to come back to that one. <laughs> I'm going to come back to that one. And uh, number six was coming together and not forsaking the assembly of ourselves, which was, again, I put Hebrew 10.25. But that the fifth one was given, uh, I think that was Hebrew, I mean, no, I'm sorry, that was Acts 2.47. All right. Put your paper down there, bro. Yeah. Look, look, you tell me he ready to get his his hundred. Tell me, am I right? <laughs> look, am I right? <laughs> okay, definition of a congregation, a people or group of people that share the same religious beliefs and gather regularly in the same place to worship. Um scriptural not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together is Hebrews ten and and that's and and that's, well, we'll go over the other things. Okay, name six things the congregations do. Um, praise and worship. And we know that um, praise and worship changes the atmosphere. It changes our attitude toward the word coming forth. And it changes the atmosphere so that the word of God can come forth with power and demonstration. And it also gets, um, it gets us out of our flesh and gets our mind focused on God. Um, teaching. Um, as we're taught the word, um, we teach others. In the church, we have teachers, but we also, when we go out in our own, in our lives every day, we teach. You know what we've learned as we um, have uh, fellowship with other people. Um, communion. We know that we do this because um, Jesus said, "Do it in remembrance of me." And what we're doing is we are um, bringing ourselves back into remembrance of what He did when He went to the cross that he took our sins and that he, um, he took, um, he provided us with healing. Um, everything we need, he provided. He did on the, um, when he went to the cross. Um, receiving new members. Um, as the word goes forth and as we, we spread the good news and um, new people come in and, um, that's one of the jobs of the congregation is the receiving new members and making them feel welcome and um, helping them, um, I guess, acclimate and kind of like get with our teaching so that we're all with one accord. Um, one of the other things, admonishing one another when there's disagreements in the church or um, if you see a brother or sister in fault, you go to them. Um, and you do it out of love. You know, you don't do it to be ugly, but you do it because you love them and you would want somebody to do it, you know, for you because you don't want to keep going in the ways of, of error. Um, and we know that um, that there's a way to handle that if they don't receive us. Um, we've been taught that too, um, that you take a witness. Um, let's see, evangelizing is part. And um, supporting um, supporting the church financially and supplying... Um, the needs within the church um, according to, like, is according to what I have, I give according to, you know, what God lays on my heart and how I'm able to. And each one does the same. 
the definition of a congregation I have the gathering of people are this, of the same faith that habitually attend the same church. Uh, the scripture for not forsaking the assembly of ours together, I put Acts 2 47. Uh, six things that the congregation do when coming together. They have a they have a teacher who teach the word according to the apostles' uh, doctrine. But I just put teacher and the personnel that they are being taught. They pass this information on between one another and uh, support the teacher. I put number two for our sixth thing to do is praise the worship and pray. Church do come together, they pray, they worship, and they pray. Number three, I put communion. Communion is to remember the death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, and number four, I put fellowship. That is uh, where you will come together and exalt one another. Number five, I put receiving new members. Number six, making correction when there is an error, which will come under Matthew 18. And the whole church will be on one accord, and according to the uh, information that's brought according to the teacher and the apostle doctrine. Okay. Who's next? definition of congregation. I have a gathering of people sharing the same faith who habitually attend the same church in the scripture for uh, forsaken not the assembly of the church coming together Hebrews 10:25 and name the six things congregation do when coming together to be taught we are here to be taught and learn about the things of God what the word says and communion that is to remind us what Jesus did on the cross for us remind us of his death, burial, and resurrection. Meeting the needs of the people, whatever the church need, we should come together and meet that need. And handling disagreement, we should be able to go to one another. If somebody's doing something wrong in the church, we should be able to come together according to the word. You know, talk to them about it according to the word. And receiving new members, when we receive new members, we should welcome them. You let them know that they are welcome. And to praise and worship, and that is to exalt God to worship him and thank him for everything that he's done. I've read Hebrews 10, and he was um, talking to me about consecrating my heart, and um, I was basically was te- well reading about burnt offerings and how our my sins was taken care of by Jesus, you know, um, by Him dying for my sins, and burnt offerings is not going to qualify me into heaven. Basically, is what I learned. But um, at tonight. After all that I've read, I mean heard, I was learning about um, the responsibility of the congregation, which is we shouldn't forsake um, the assembly. Um, And I learned that we need to come into the assembly praising and worship God, um, praising and worshiping him. 
I also learned that, you know, if we do have an alt with our brother, we need to go to them instead of everyone else about whatever the issue is. We do need to come together. Um, I learned that we need to come together for the church business, um, whatever church need, come together with a humble heart to take care of the needs of the church. Um, that's one of our responsibilities. I also learned, um, how many is that? Three, I think. Oh, um, teaching, yes. We need to evangelize the word. So whatever we learn here, we also need to be teaching to our family members and friends and anybody else that we encounter. Um, I think I'm, yeah. So far, what you have heard so far, tell me with you sitting there, what did you get? I got that um, you need to fellowship with one another, um, coming together, and also um, being thankful for everything and always um, giving communion and remembering that um, the blood of Jesus and having that... Um, I'm sorry for saying um, <laughs> the blood of Jesus, remembering him... And um, what am I? I'm sorry. Remembering him in the death, burial, and his resurrection. Thank you, Father. And also, um, at the communion, was the dispute. If there's any um, conflict in the church, you need to get with that individual and talk with them, get it right. And if they don't accept that, you get with two or three witnesses. And if they don't accept that, you get before the church. And if they don't accept that, then they are like a Gentile and not accepted. And also, um, the last one was... Um, it's on the tip of my tongue. While you're thinking about that, Ms. Elizabeth, let me ask you this. Yes, ma'am. So far, what we have went over, mm -hmm. have you heard that before? All of those things dealing with the congregation, have you heard it? Well, in my, in my reading, but as far as somebody ministering that, no, ma'am. Okay. Tiffany, can you come back up? Now, let me ask you the same question I asked her. Everything that they went over on those papers, have you ever heard that before, dealing with church? Um, I knew that we shouldn't forsake assembly. A lot of things I did, uh, I've heard before, but it's like resonating with me more okay. so now than ever before. Um, like, I've been reading scriptures um, truly last well, God's really had me, like, all over. So I didn't just read Hebrew. I read, like, Hebrew 10. I was in Psalms. Um, but I, I know I didn't go over necessarily every all six points that you covered tonight at home. But he has been dealing me, with me in other places. Um, and like I say, it's just all is resonating with me better now than okay. ever. Okay, who's next? I know everybody got papers, right?
Number one, definition of congregation. Congregation is the church, the body of believers that come together and make up part of the body of Christ. Number two, scripture on not forsaking the assembly of the saints. Um, Hebrews 10.25, name six things the congregation do when they come together. Come together as the body of Christ. Number two, come together and worship God. Three, receive new members. Four, handling disagreements. Five, meeting needs of the church. Six, to get taught and fed the word of God. Okay, who's next? We can just line up here at the front, you know, on the front row, and then everybody don't have to walk so far. How about that? What I wrote down was um, the definition of the congregation is a gathering of people who share the same faith and attend the same church. Scripture on not forsaking assembly of ourselves together. I wrote Hebrews ten twenty five. Then six things that the congregation do when coming together. I didn't write down the scripture because she didn't ask for. <laughs> Thanksgiving praise and worship with Psalms one hundred four. Um, I think communion, we uh, come together in communion. I think it was um, Matthew 26. Uh, we come together, receive teaching to learn uh, the word of God, which teaches us what God expects of us and how we're supposed to live, live as believers. Um, handling um, disagreements at the... 18, um, it's supposed to be receiving in members and helping the church when they need, helping the church when they need was um, Acts 4 and receiving in members was Acts 2. Okay. Number one, definition of a congregation. I got a group of people who share the same faith and who, who habitually attend the same church. Scripture on not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, Hebrews 10.25. Name the six um, things a congregation do when coming together. Um, praise, thanksgiving, and worship. The Bible says, uh, enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, and bless his holy name. Teachings, um, Galatians 6, 6, when we're being taught, we should go out and share with others what we've learned. Um, communion, putting us in remembrance of what um, Jesus did, the breaking of his body and the shedding of his blood. Um, receive new members as um, the Lord adds to the church and people are saved. We're going to receive um, new members as the body grows. Handle disagreements. If we have issues with anybody, we go to them and try to work it out. And if they um, don't want to receive us, then we can go get one or two people to go with us and see if we can straighten it out. And then if we can't straighten it out, we take it to the church. And then if they don't want to receive it, then then they're going to be like a castaway. Um, the needs of the church, um, this acts for Nobody in the church acted like anything were their own. Everything they gave was for the body and for the people and the needs of the people. You can just walk the mic to somebody over there, Gloria. 
You can leave your paper, too. Definition of congregation, a gathering of people who share the same faith and habitually attend the same church. And scripture on not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together is Hebrews ten twenty five. Six things the congregation do when they come in together. They give thanks, praise, and worship. They come together to be taught communion, to receive new members, to handle disagreements, to meet the needs of the church. Definition of the congregation. I have a gathering of people who believe the same things about God and his word, who meet often and continually or habitually, same thing. Um, number two, scripture on not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves together, Hebrews 10, 25. Name six things the congregation do when we, when we come together or when coming together. Um, I did put fellowship, number one, praise, thanksgiving, and worship, to be taught the word, communion, handling disagreements, receiving new members, and meeting the needs of others. And the six things out of the six, well, I named seven, but all of it is concerning the word of God. You just do what the word of God tells you to do in all these six things. Okay, this is for Jennifer. She asked me to read her paper. A gathering of... Jennifer's going to read her own paper. Well, I'm Denise. (laughs) It's a group of people coming together to praise and worship God and believing of the same faith. Scripture on not forsaking the assembly of others together, Hebrews 10. Name six things the congregation do when coming together. Praise and exalt God, teach the word of God, commune with God, to work out disagreements, to help with the church's needs and receiving new members. You want to come next, Jennifer? That's showing love for your sister. Definition of the congregation, a group of people that share in the same faith and habitually attend the same church. Scripture on not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. Hebrews ten twenty five. Name six things the congregation do when they come together. They fellowship one with another. Praise and worship. Thanksgiving, giving God praise. Teaching, we go out and we share. And we also share with the one who um, teaches also. Receiving new members, we're making them feel welcome. Handling disagreements, um, should be able to go to one another and handle that disagreement in the first sin. But if it don't, you take somebody else with you. Come together for making the needs of the church, meeting the needs of the church. Um, the definition of a congregation is the gathering of people or peoples who share the same faith and... Um, who habitually attends the same church. Um, the scripture for forsaken the assembly of um, ourselves together, Hebrews 10, 25, um, name um, six things that congregations do when they come together, praise, worship, and thanksgiving, communion, and 
um, coming together for the church, handling disagreements and teaching. And the one that stuck out to me the most was handling um, disagreements. I am one that don't, don't do that. I'll let people do what they do because I can see right through a lot of stuff. People, I don't say a lot. Uh, and I just sit back and I can observe something. I have a very great, I have a big spirit of discerning things that's not, that's not of God. And I know when someone is trying to hurt me or uh, doing something to me, but I'm one that don't, don't say anything. I'll just say, God, you handle it. You handle them, God, you handle them. But by pastor teaching us what we're supposed to do, it let me know that that wasn't right, so... I thank God for that. Amen. <laughs> the definition of a congregation is a group of people that believes and share the same faith and habitually are, uh, attend the same church. Uh, scripture, <clears throat> a scripture on not forsaking the assembly of the church is together is Hebrews 10, 25, and name six things that the congregation do when, the, uh, when they come together. Praise, worship, fellowship. Uh, I got teaching, preaching, hearing the word, and receiving members. And, you know, that's what I got. And, uh, you know, uh, the thing that sticks out to me the most is, um, you know, uh, you know, worshiping God, you know. Uh, got to learn how to worship God. Uh, when when people learn how holy he is, they can worship him. And uh, that's something that everybody don't learn overnight. So just getting to learn who, uh, who Christ is and, and uh, learning how to worship him. After Quan, are we going to stop there? Some of y'all is breathing heavy. Well, Kwana, we can stop and let you do yours next week. <laughs> Got busted. Um, definition of a congregation. A group of people or people that share the same faith that habitually attend the same church. Number two, scripture on not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, Hebrews 10, 25. Number three, name six things that Name six things the congregation do when coming together. Praise, worship, and thanksgiving. Get taught the word of God. Communion. Receive new members. Handle disagreement. And help with needs. Okay. So praise God for all of that. Amen. Amen. I um, want to say with everything that we have done so far on tonight, um, what did y'all get out of everything that was said? Do y'all see that happening amongst you? Y'all answering too slow. Do y'all see that, Manny? Let me give you the mic. Make sure you get the mic so you can be heard. When everybody was speaking on, on everything, like, it just shows that everybody knows, you know, so, like, the Bible says, don't just be a hearer of the word, but a doer. Uh, you know, 
so we have to do what we hear because it's showing that we know it, you know, but like sometimes we look around and the things that we know we're not doing, you know. So it's just that simple. Like we just basically just do what we know. And I think the church, it would manifest, you know, uh, what what we're being taught would, would manifest in our doing. Okay. Is there anybody else? Jennifer? I'm coming to you, Tyson. Let me. Um, it, I feel like, the you know, as we're learning this, it all goes back to the beginning about God's pattern. But we've, we've learned a lot about the leaders and the fivefold. But I think this is the first time I've ever heard any kind of real teaching about what the congregation's role is. And um, because and and growing up, you see um, the ritual, but we're getting the real meaning of why. You know, like when somebody said, "Well, why do you, you know, why do you praise and worship, or why do you take communion, or you know, it's not well, we got communion today." Well, why, you know, somebody might ask, if they don't know, well, why do y'all do that? And we can actually give them an explanation on everything that we've heard tonight. And and everybody's might be a little bit different the way they convey it, but we have a we've we've got an understanding on that, some knowledge on that, and I think that's awesome because some just just because it's not a good answer, you know, we need to know why we're doing it. Amen. Tyson. Oh, okay, okay. Um, the ones that we did go over, there was one in there that still need work. Guess what it is. In the church. That seemed like that's a, a big one for a lot of people because a lot of people say, I'm going to pray and let God handle it. He's in you and he's down here. So while you praying up there to him, <laughs> he's already indwelling you. The word is already in you. If you pray, you need to say, God, show me how to handle it. Not just saying, God, Show them. <laughs> because if it's on your heart, that means that you need to go to that person and do what the word of God tell you to do. And the longer you wait to go to that person, the more of a disagreement you're going to have and the hotter you're going to get in that disagreement because you waited a whole year. Then when they do something else wrong, now you're throwing that up in their face. You messed that up last year. And here you go with the same thing this year. And I just don't understand why you always messing something up. Well, why didn't you just tell me it was wrong? Well, you should know by now. Anybody with common sense? That's what church people do. Or they'll go tell somebody else what somebody done. But they will not go to that individual and they're still saying that they're doing what the Bible tells them to do. If a person don't know they're doing wrong, if somebody do something over and over and over again... And nobody ever bring them correction. And they're not going in the word of God to get correction. And they are saved. Don't you think that if you know, you should tell them? Say, well, let me tell you what the word um, has to say about that. Can I share this with you? And there are some people will say, you know what? Thank you. I didn't even realize I was doing that. Thank you for telling me. But some people let people get way out there. And people begin to talk about them and they think what they're doing is right. And they think they're lining up with the word and they're not. And I know the Holy Spirit is hitting on something, y'all, because we got too many people praying and telling people don't say nothing. Hello, somebody. Don't say nothing. It'll, 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 don't you get involved. They're going to hate you without a cause. <laughs> 
Snip. Come up, up, Tiffany, and then Snip, I'm going to bring you the mic back there, okay? preaching and the Holy Spirit will tell you even the thoughts of that may occur or occurs in the audience you know when you're preaching when you hit on something and you'll say oh wait Holy Spirit and you will nail it right then and right there and I just think that it's so incredible because I mean it goes back to the handling disagreements because you know I've seen how a lot of issues come up in the church and like you said people like Shh, don't say nothing or just pray about it and I mean that's the one thing that I have truly learned here and have taken the heart, and I really appreciate, you know, um, by coming to this church, how you nail sin right there on the spot, and even the thoughts, you know, that may come in our head, because um, just like, you know, you say a little leaven, um, leavens the whole loaf. Leavens the whole loaf, yeah. So I just thought that was really incredible, and um, I that was something that stuck out to me in the teaching that you've been doing. Amen. Can you take the mic to snip back there? And I want to say that when the Holy Spirit is prompting you. You need to speak it because this is how we shut stuff down in the church. When the Holy Spirit is telling you something, I remember it was a time that I had a spy to come into the, come into the church. And as I was preaching, and I, I don't know who remember this, but I know Evangelist Newton do, I walked right up to the person. I said, did you come in here to get what you come up here to get? And they looked at me, and at the end of service, they testified. They said, yes, I, I come in here to spy out because of what I heard. So see, the Holy Spirit would let people know I'm on it. And that's what we're supposed to do as believers. If we love one another, if I love you guys as your shepherd, I'm not going to let you fall in the ditch no matter how mad you get at me. I'm going to call your house. And I'm going to tell you what the Lord is telling me because that's out of the love and concern I have for you. If you're holding something with your brother and sister, and you feel like they're not going to receive you, so you just letting it go, that's not showing the love of God. You need to stop right there and say, this is how I feel. I may be wrong, you know, with what I'm saying, but I need to let you know this. Snip. What I see this right here, <clears throat> since I've been coming here, you know, I'm saying a lot of people say, no, they haven't heard this or whatever. But I'm saying, when a person come in church to seek God, they don't want to get what they put, they ask for. They want whatever effort you put, that's all you're going to get. And what I'm saying, you got to know who you are and know where you stand with God. By coming in here, hearing you said, yes, that's an effort. But you got to put that, you got to put that effort forward and read that word for yourself. You got to have a connection with God. So you can have a direction every day called them strongholds in something you're just going to hear and, and, and overcome. Right. You got to spend time and know where you stand with God to overcome them strongholds. That's right. You know, so you know what I'm saying? It's nice that you hear the word because you can hear the word in time, but you still got to go forward. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because like you said, every, with these days and times, everywhere you hear, if you don't stay up on a, who teaching you, that way, come they say, stay under your teacher. Because if you go hear this teacher, that teacher, and the next teacher, you don't know which truth is not. That's why you have to follow in the word and know That's what right. you're receiving is the truth. Mm-hmm. That's why it causes a lot of uh, uh, problems. Mm-hmm. You know, hearing the word, like I say, hearing the word is one thing, but getting in and reading the Bible for yourself and learning, mm-hmm. it makes it difficult. It teach you. 
how to overcome them strongholds. And I, when what sister said, oh, that I respect that. Because all of us got issues. That's right. Because when I walked through the church, I thought I was the worst person to walk through this church. <laughs> and I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth. But I know every time I came in here, I came in here with a purpose. That's right. You know what I mean? I said, man, I got, I said, boy, I got some problems. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I know I didn't want to go to hell. You know what I mean? You know? That's you right. Know I mean? Y'all, y'all laugh, but as long as I know, I'm trying to get it right with God every day. That's right. That's right. I'm laughing inside. So you, That's you right. laugh at me, but I'm laughing inside. Amen. You know what I mean? Amen. But I'm just saying. You got to believe what you say. That's right. You just can't say it. You know what I mean? You say, let it say they need about the six things in church. What you supposed to do? I hear him. I listen. But you sit around, you sit around and look at each other and say, tell me my, this point one, this point say, tell me my real name right now. Mm-hmm. One may get it right, four may get it wrong. Yeah. But you got you got to practice what you preach. Mm-hmm. You got to really believe it. You got to believe what you say. That's right. Everything's a test of faith. That's why I looked at the loose laugh when I come in here. I say, Lord, I walked through the door today. I didn't get pushed in here. Mm-hmm. When I came through the door, I got a choice. But when I get pushed in here to that, that front up there, I ain't got no choice. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Amen. But, Amen. But I, I'm just saying. That's true. But I ain't saying. True. You tell all, when, when, when a person realizes, ain't about your friends, mm-hmm. ain't about everybody else. Like you, like you always say before you, when you get to praying up there, there's no longer I, but it's he that lives in me. That's right. That's right. You're the People are meditate on that. Amen. All right, now Snip done preached. I want to say this. Um, I'm going to get you, Tyson. When you are in the Word and the Word is in you, it's not hard to live the Word and it's not hard to do what the Word says. I can tell who's in it because you don't have to keep telling people what to do. It's natural. Living a spiritual life becomes so much a part of you your flesh don't cringe no more when something going on, y'all. You excited to do it because you're saying, thank you, Holy Spirit, for showing me that. You don't get offended no more. But some of us keep offense because we're not where we need to be in the word. When that word get in you, you can live that word, you can talk that word, you can breathe that word, and it becomes so evident in your life. Some people will say, how can you do that? How can you love people like that? I say, because that's who I am. That's who I am. Why stay mad at people? It's not them. We don't fight against flesh and blood, y'all. It's not them. You got to come against the spirit that's using that person. And then let the person know this is the spirit that's using you. Tyson? Yeah, um, Hebrews 10.25, what I want to say is just being, like, like the brother said, we, you know, coming into the church when everybody's on one accord, every one of us, is, we come in here and we learn. We learn like it said, fake, forsake not the assembly and, and to, in all manners that, that we respect each other, uh, encouraging each other. Sometimes we can come into church and, and 
everybody, it just, I just sit here and listen, and everybody be, be speaking to each other, coming in, and, and they would lift each other up. Oh, you, 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 that blessing looked good on you. They could be saying, that, that teaches you, you know, to have the mind to, to love and to respect each other. And everybody come in here, they might be having a bad day. And, and when they come in, somebody can say something nice, nice to them and just lift them up, you know. So that's what I want to say. And even at work, I'm going to say this and I got to go. The other day we was at work, <laughs> and um, this, this guy, he, he's a rich guy, man. He, he had it all, you know, his pants rich. But make long story short, he had, he had a brush. He had a brush. He was out there washing his truck. And when we was up there, we was washing trucks and everything, and uh, he came up. We, we used to helping each other, you know, through the day. Just, just, and he came up. And I was like, hey, guy, can I use your brush for a minute? You know he told me no and because he had just got the brush. He said, I don't want you to wash tires with this brush. And, and his truck was a, a mess. But another guy, he, he, was, he was a safe guy. He looked at, looked at him and said, mm. And so he started helping me. And when we got done, you know, I could have got mad because he didn't let me hold his brush. But you know what we did? We turned around and both. And I went and got my brush and jumped on his truck and helped him. Amen. And both of us did it. And and it and he didn't even know what to say. See, it's not about how I feel. That's right. Or, uh, you know, or how about the next person, how they feel. But after that, he came and said, I'm sorry, but I just want to thank you for that. He said, I really need that. So what am I saying? Forsake not the assembly. Being a, a, around positive people that's on one accord, you know what? It keeps you in good spirit, Amen. bringing heaven down on earth. Amen. So I just Amen. want to say that. Amen. Good job, sir. Hallelujah. Now, can we have the deacons to come up here for our offering? Do we have any announcements? Renee?